0: Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another episode of the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and today I'm going to talk about why patience tests are so important due to the times that we're entering. You know, it's easy to get caught up in our own emotions during trials and tests, but in relation to all of it, think of all the times you went through something, whether it was someone who betrayed you or someone who hurt you. Or you were in a predicament or a decision you had to make at the time that you didn't quite understand. You just knew that you had to make a decision. You know, many of us don't do well when it comes to making certain decisions, but what it boils down to is trusting the Lord that He is guiding us to make the right decision in that moment. That's the very element of faith, that trust in Him. Sometimes we didn't go with our better judgment, but all of those were lessons that we did not foresee. They were causing us to make better decisions in the future to avoid the same snare all over again. Now, after you reflect on all those times or incidents, look at what the outcome was. Look at the times the good came out of it. While you had to endure patiently through each one, even though at the time you may not have understood the timing, it still worked out long-term for the better. You know, I'm going to tell you guys a story here. Years ago, when I was in my mid-20s, I lived in Florida in this apartment that was having all sorts of issues. I mean, it was having water issues, electrical issues, mold issues. It was just never-ending, and they kept raising my rent. And at the time, I had what I perceived to be a very good friend who I thought I could trust to move in with. And so, in the end, I broke my lease, and I did. But then came after that, you know, transportation issues, and I was not getting any help from this friend of mine at the time. So in the end... I had to move out, as it was leading to disrespect and multiple disagreements. I mean, we were fighting almost on a daily basis. It it just got to the point I didn't want to stay there anymore. And there were many other issues at the time. But that was the gist of it in a nutshell. You know, in the end, it didn't work out. And I had to rent a U-Haul and get all my belongings out and put them in storage. And then I had to sleep on the couch at my mother's apartment for four months. And I did that just so I could be close to work, because I was only 15 minutes from my work, and I I didn't even have a car at the time. And during that time, my mother took a trip to Arizona to visit her sister. And she made the decision to move and tried to pitch it to me. And at the time, I declined. I was not sure what I wanted to do at that point. I didn't have any money, and I felt I wasn't going anywhere. And I was betwixt and between. Did I want to stay in Florida or did I want to move out west and make the track across the country? But you know, the more I was finding out who my friends really were and tiring quickly of the partying and nightlife, I decided to move to stay near family and start things over again. And this was after, you know, multiple bad decisions were previously made in my younger years. You know, I remember not even having the best tires on my car for that 2,300 mile journey, but the Lord saw me through all of it regardless. You know, and to be clear, it wasn't a cakewalk at all, at times in Arizona, but the Lord saw me through each and every problem that arised, whether it was drama at work or it was feelings of loneliness. And you know, when I first moved out to Arizona, I was I the first few years I was lonely. I didn't have any friends except for people I knew at work. But you know, those feelings of loneliness, they resulted in unsavory, purely sexual relationships, which the Lord frowns upon, and I developed a drinking problem for a number of years. You know, all my life, I just never really felt like I knew where I belonged, and the Lord saw that. But the point being, though I didn't understand any of what was happening at these times, I look back on it now, and I see how awesome God was to move in my life, and to have the mercy on me, and show me these years later, because he wants me to speak of his glory and how he pulled me through. You know, putting it into context, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You know, if I had not moved out of that apartment in 2005 when I had all those issues, none of the other things may have happened. While I can't say for sure what would have happened long term if I had not moved and made the decisions I did, I would have been stuck in a dead-end job that felt like it was going nowhere. I would have been trapped in that lifestyle I was growing weary of and surrounded with many Quote unquote, acquaintances that were less than the best for what the Lord had in mind for me and his purpose for my life later on. And, you know, I use the term to describe them as acquaintances, quote unquote, because I can safely look back now and say they may not have been friends at all. You know, I was lucky if I had even one who remained in touch with me after I moved all the way across the country. And, you know, nobody can make excuses in the age of internet and phones. You know, they work two ways, but. That wasn't the case where I was concerned. So I reflect a lot, and when I think about it all, I could have ended up in trouble. I mean, I took a lot of stupid risks back in those days. It took a few years to understand that I had to still go on, even if at first, you know, I wasn't familiar or comfortable with the decision. I mean, I was out of my comfort zone. You could say that, you could say I was in a wilderness, but when I reflected on this recently, I realized just how much the Lord really did move on my life even though at the time, I wasn't walking as close to him as I should have been. You know, it goes to show, never stop praying for the lost, because someone, somewhere, somebody was interceding for me, and somebody, somewhere, was praying for me. The Lord was protecting me, and as a result, I came into contact with a man who witnessed to me, and I became reborn in 2008. Now, I had to learn to repent of things over the years, and this was a struggle at the beginning. You know, I had backslidden moments, but the point was, it started me on my walk. And I also learned the truth of what was really happening in the world. So you see, the Lord knew what was best for me the whole time. And he allowed certain situations to present themselves over the years as grueling as they may have been. Including removing me from a job that later has required mandatory jabs of all of its employees. You know, he foresaw what was coming. He got me out of there. And, you know, I was never jealous of anyone. You know, the whole time, all I desired was to have purpose in my life and have peace through all of it. And so, you know, I share this story with you all to say, there is truth in Hebrews thirteen five, which says, don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. You might know that from King James. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And, you know, I just want to expand on that to say that, It's not all about money in all situations. The Lord always makes a way. That's how much he loves us. And these tests, they're designed to strengthen our resolve, our endurance, if you will. You know, the Lord is well able to provide more than we could ever imagine. Our only command is to not be found wanting, as it is very easy to get caught up in feelings of wanting, especially in the times we now live and how we react to them. These are all tests of our faith. Everything that I went through was a test of patience, and patience builds endurance. Endurance builds faith. I'm going to tell you all another little story, because I want to put this into perspective as it relates to now. The other morning, and this is actually a true story, the other morning, I went, I had to go out and get a few things at the store, and I had a little table I had bought a few weeks back that I was going to put next to my desk to put some things on, but when I put that thing together. It was cheaply constructed. And secondly, it was as tall as a tiny little trash can. And I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. It's much smaller than I thought. So I had to break it down and stuff it back in the box and print a return label and stick it on there. So I had to go find a UPS store to drop it off. And when I did that, I was next to the supermarket because it was in the same shopping center. And I decided that I was going to just go in and grab a few things, uh, you know, that I needed to get. So, I'm in the store for about mm, 15-20 minutes, and I go to checkout, and I was going to pay, and my card was not getting approved. And, you know, before I head out, I always make sure that the funds I need for what I'm getting are going to be in there. So, she says, well, you entered the wrong PIN, and there's a lock, so I I step outside the store, call the bank, you know, go through the whole process. I have one bar of uh, service on my phone. So I'm like on hold for, you know, it seemed like 10 minutes going through all the automated steps and just hoping and praying that the call wouldn't get dropped. Thankfully it didn't, but they said, yeah, you entered the wrong pen. And I probably did so because I'm not used to using my card, you know, as debit, I usually pay running it as credit, but they unlocked it and I go back in and she scans the receipt and I go to use my card again and it wouldn't go through. And She's like, oh, well, we don't run it as credit. I'm like, what do you mean you don't run it as credit? And, you know, oh, well, you need to run it as debit. I'm like, no, I can use this card as either or. It either works as debit or credit. Well, I'm sorry, sir, you have to. And so she disappears from the register. And I I presume she went to go speak to a manager. But she came back and said, well, I'm sorry. There's nothing we can do. I'm sorry, then. There's nothing I can do. And I just left the groceries. And, you know, as in, you know, you're going to have to put them back, I guess, because I can't pay for it. And I left. And when I left the store... It just came upon me as I was exiting the parking lot that in the times coming, I can see them getting to the point where either they will deny entry for people who are not vaccinated, or if they don't do that, they're going to come after people's bank accounts and shut them off. Now, you might think that that's extreme, but keep in mind, under this whole great reset, the whole idea is to make people suffer and put them in lack and turn off services i'm not saying they will do this but i could see them it just it just dawned on me that they could very well do that they could very well say well we need proof of vaccination or we're going to freeze your account until you get one so that right there would be a test in an uncertain circumstance of which many are beginning to arise in this season and in such a situation Will you follow in the footsteps of Jesus and keep your focus on Him, having the faith, knowing He will make a way, or overreact to that situation? You see, any time we run into an unfortunate circumstance, it's to teach us something. It's a test of endurance. Whenever we are pressed to make a decision that will impact our lives, it is often for the better when we work with the Lord by placing our trust in Him, regardless of the circumstances. You know, this is what he's teaching us to do. He wants our trust solely on him, not the problems at hand. You know, sometimes we grow weary in the tests and trials, but we need to remember in the words of Romans 8, verses 26 through 28, starting on verse 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So the point here is not to put worry into situations that are beyond our control, but rather reflect on what the Lord is asking us to do. You know, the two stories that I shared here today, though they are different in contrast, have one thing in common, and that is to let the worry go in any given situation, but bring it to the Lord in prayer and petition to place our faith and trust in Him and rest in Him. Philippians 4, verses 6-7 through say, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, guys, I've been undergoing a lot of trials and tests of my patience lately, in many areas, and they all lead to one thing, and that's the endurance. This is why I've been silent for a few weeks, because I needed time to reflect And understand what the Lord wanted me to know. There was an evening last week where I had so many concerns and I was praying on them and the Lord said, my son, you are spending too much time focusing on things that don't matter. Now pause and reflect on that for a moment. What does the Lord mean by things that don't matter? These are the events in life that are beyond our control. They could be anything from job loss, chastisement by family and friends, lack of communication with others, lack of cohesion, horrible things the government's doing, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and so on and so on. All of these are things that all of us share in common and have general concerns over. You know, when the Lord said that I was focusing on things that don't matter, at first I was confused and I was sitting there and I asked, Lord, are you saying the things I'm concerned with are irrelevant? And you know, I was upset and I had a lot on my mind at the time, but he replied and said, These concerns are not irrelevant, and you should continue to pray for those you are concerned about and that which you need. You should not get caught up in snares or traps of grief, as they are a distraction from what yourself and others need to be doing. And what he means by this is, spend less time worrying and more time praying. You know, if we're worrying more than we're spending time with him, it's the opposite of what he wants from us. And these can lead us into sin and temptation. You know, that's not the Lord doing it. We're allowing the enemy come in and take our faith from us. You know, but the Lord went on. He said, you are allowing these concerns to harm your faith by focusing on worldly issues rather than my will for you to help others. Keep your focus on me, no matter what anyone else does, because each of you will give an account for your remaining time here. Do not be consumed with the actions or inactions of others, where you will be caught up in the snares of judgment or speculation. Steady your focus on me, and I will alleviate the concerns you have. It is not my desire for you to worry. My son, you know what my word says about worry and unbelief. Is my grace not sufficient for you? Have I not shown you that I will take care of you? Give these concerns to me that you have, but do not stay stuck on them. You know, guys, it goes to show that, in any moment, any of us can allow ourselves to become consumed with doubt over things if we take our focus off Jesus. And because I had multiple things piling up one after another, I mean, it just happened. I mean, I had to focus and regroup, and that was part of the time that I had to go quiet because I needed to get myself in order and make priorities of focus my mission. You know, when we take our focus off Jesus, the devil is sneaky. He slithers in like a snake to attack our faith, you know. The Lord said to me a few nights ago, there are many things happening that you do not understand. You only need to understand that a strengthening is taking place among my people, and you are to keep your focus on me. I desire you to put strong emphasis on this in every teaching you do. And so, guys, that's what the Lord wants me to convey here today is that we are going to continue to see many trials and tests, and these tests are to strengthen our endurance. And while I had thought that I communicated this in my previous podcast. He wanted me to expand on it because it has been revealed to me that many of us are going through trials of faith at this time. And so that said, what does the Lord want us to be doing? What does his word say on endurance? Well, let's take a look at 1 Peter 5, verses 4 through 10, starting on verse 4. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of elders and all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. In other words, he's saying do not consider yourself better than one another. Don't be afraid to relate to one another. And this has been one of the hang-ups I've had lately that I've been ha- I've been having so much trouble getting over because I see sometimes in a lot of Christian circles there seems to be a lack of cohesion. There's not much sticking together and in these times coming, we're going to need to be sticking together. We need to be supporting each other, lifting each other up. You know, we don't want to be hanging separate and just saying whatever, you know, I don't like that person because they said this or did that or. I mean, remember it's not our place to judge. And remember what I was saying about the Lord saying, you know, don't spend your time in judgment and speculating about you know why people do this or don't do this it's like it's it's not our problem to figure that out the lord sees everything that each person does it's it's not up to us to be concerned with either events as they are occurring or to be wrapped up in what others do or don't do we need to be keeping our focus on him individually to each ourselves we need to help each other but we need to also be seeking him for direction and guidance especially now because we are going into times that are they're perilous i mean there's no other way to describe them you know continuing on in verse six so humble yourselves under the mighty power of god and at the right time he will lift you up in honor that means like i just said he sees what we each do individually continue to do what's right even if everyone else doesn't verse seven going on give all your worries and cares to god for he cares about you so those verses from 1 Peter 5 right there mean when we do not understand something, we're to humble ourselves in patience and understand what the Lord is trying to show us. You know, tests have a great way of doing this. And remember what I just said about the devil slithering in like a snake to attack our faith in trials of uncertainty. You know, continuing on in 1 Peter 5, starting on verse 8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered for a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. So we can conclude that, in trials. It is to strengthen us in endurance and strengthen our foundations in him so that we trust and rely only on him and we're not focused on the world. And the only way we can do that is by keeping our focus on him. Now, when we go back to 1 Peter 4, we see verses 12 and 13, which also speak of the trials and suffering. 1 Peter four twelve, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. And, you know, in relation, that is just saying, you know, endure till the end. You're going to endure suffering for Christ, just as he had to endure for our sins. So we will also have to endure until the end. And that's going to be much suffering and pain. And there's going to be times of loss. If you move on to James 5, Verses 7-12, through it's a great example of patience and endurance as well. Starting on verse 7, Dear brothers and sisters, Be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other. Remember what I was saying earlier, folks. And also remember what the Lord said when he said, don't be caught up with the speculation and judgment of others. Verse 9 says, don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. And then moving on to verse 10, for examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job. A man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. You know, and for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with Job, I highly would recommend reading the whole chapter because when I uh, went through a really tough time in my wilderness, Job was one of the first books that I read in its entirety. And I could relate so much to what Job was going through and the challenges he had. And when we start out on Job 1, starting on verse 6, it's about Satan attacking Job's character. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, All that he is in your power, only do not lay a hand on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And so, you know, going out from there, Job loses, you know, property. He loses his children. You know, he he goes through various trials of testing and patience of his faith. And that is why the book of Job is so important. I can't, I'm not going to be able to read all of it because you, to get the full picture, you have to read the entire book. You have to read the entire book of Job in order to be able to understand what all he went through and how his patience was tested. And in the same way, you know, a lot of people get angry and they try to blame God and say, well, why does God allow this? And why does God allow that? God allows certain things as a test of our faith. Because like I was saying earlier, when you endure many trials and testing, that's what builds your faith and it makes sure your faith is genuine. And, you know, to put that into perspective... James 1, verses 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it in an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. You know, guys, earlier I read Romans eight twenty six through 28. And that everything that happens works out for the better. And that is the importance of trusting him. But we also have to remember when we have these instances of numerous things going on. Romans 8, verse 35 through 39. Starting on verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, in other words, when you're going through all the trials, that's why you're told to pray. And that's why the Lord is telling us, focus on Him, focus only on Him. You know, don't shake your fist in defiance. Don't, you know, run off and say, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want because I'm not being heard. Uh, Let me just tell you, that will only lengthen your time being tested because I've done that. Guilty as charged. I have done that. Do not do that. Anytime you are going through a patience test or a faith test, it is better just to pray, seek the Lord, what he wants to do. And this is the importance of having other Christians around to help you so that you understand what's going on and to get different viewpoints. Because if you don't have anybody to lift you up, you're going to be more prone to not understand. When you have at least other Christians around you who can help you, they can help point out what the Lord might be trying to show you, and that makes it easier to take different approaches. They may be wrong or they may be right, but the point is you have that encouragement to keep enduring, to keep running the race. And speaking of, you know, having other Christians around and enduring, that's another point I wanted to bring up about the book of Job, because when you get past of all the trials or or toward the middle, he is complaining to different people about all the things he's going through, and Job gets different viewpoints. Now, others are not fully considering every single thing that Job is going through, And that's common. Most people can't relate always to every single thing you have going on. But it gives you a perspective on different viewpoints others can have. And you'd be surprised, actually, in this season. I think a lot of us are going to be going through a lot of the same things. I mean, I know there's a lot of people right now who are downtrodden. And, you know, this is all why the encouragement and being there for one another is important. But everyone that's my best recommendation with the trials and testing, read the book of Job, because there's a lot in the book of Job that will show you what he had to endure. And when you see what he had to endure, and when you see what the prophets had to endure, you know, the prophets, they too had to go through various trials and tests and they became weary. You know, they had to stand strong in their faith. You know, the past few podcasts I've done, I've played examples from the book of Daniel, you know, They stood strong in their faith, regardless of what happened. And that was a testimony of, you know, their endurance. You know, Meshach, Reshach, and Abednego. And then you had, you know, Daniel himself. And at the end, because he endured, he was greatly rewarded. And in the book of Job, he too was rewarded. And that's what we're promised. You know, Jeremiah, he went through similar. You know, Jeremiah 12.5, if racing against mere men makes you tired how will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? You know, that was because Jeremiah, he had been complaining to the Lord, and that was the Lord's response. And, you know, that's the thing about what I was talking about now. You know, I brought it up earlier with the cashier story, when I couldn't pay, you know, we're going to allow ourselves to get upset when things don't go as we plan, or when we don't, hear from others, and that's just going to make us give up. And, you know, it was the same when I moved. You know, did I give up? Did I throw in the towel? that I say, oh, woe is me. It'll never be better again. Oh, what's the use? No. You know, I had to endure. I went through what I went through. Sometimes, you know, I didn't have a job. Sometimes, you know, and other times, I didn't have friends. I had to do the best with what I had and make the best of what I had and be content with what I had. And when you're in a position like that, you make things work. We need to keep pushing forward, folks. We need to continue to just keep doing what's righteous and keep seeking the Lord, keep seeking his face, keep seeking him in prayer. That is what I desire all of you get from this podcast. If nothing else, just remember to endure patiently because all of us in some way or another, we're undergoing tests of our faith, tests of patience. And all of these matter because you cannot have one without the other. You now, to wrap this up, when we look at 2 Peter 1 5 through 9, it covers in a great summary what we should do. Starting on verse 5 In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self control, and self control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Remember what I said, guys, about, you know, lifting each other up, caring about others, continuing to do what's righteous? That's what I was referring to. Going on in verse 8, "...the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Don't forget about what Jesus said, you know, when we get all wrapped up in everything that we're going through. Jesus told us, John 14, starting on verse 1, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me. Folks, that's what endurance is all about. It's about trusting in God that he has the best plan for you. Remember back to the beginning when I was telling you about my move, you know, though I wasn't walking closely, I still actually was calling out to God a few times back then. I wasn't walking in my faith as strong because I had drifted a long time when I was living in Florida and just doing all the wrong things. And that's why I got reborn again when I came out to Arizona, because I felt that was the right thing to do. I felt that that's what I needed to start my life over, because up until that point, nothing was really working out too well for me. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. And also trust in me john 14 going on in verse 2 there is more than enough room in my father's home if this were not so would i have told you that i am going to prepare a place for you when everything is ready i will come and get you so that you will always be with me where i am and you know the way to where i am going you know when we skip on the verse 12 i tell you the truth anyone who believes in me will do the same works i have done and even greater works because i am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Verse 27, still in John 14, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Remember what I said about not being focused on the world, because it cannot give you the peace you're looking for, and in this season, it certainly will not. And so, to repeat, verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you I am going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father who is greater than I am. I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they do happen, you will believe. And, folks, That's where I'm going to close it out this week. It is my prayer that this podcast has been a blessing to you. You know, continue to do good guys, continue to patiently endure, continue to lift one another up. You know, don't let the trials drag you down. You know, the point of giving you the testimonies of what I told you, you know, in a few instances I've been through, it is to show you that there's going to be things that arise, whether it's, you know, a certain situation or a predicament that you're not expecting, and you might have to make a choice, or something might arise, or multiple things might arise at once. And they can blindside us if we're not careful to watch out. You know, and remember what I said earlier, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him, and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my prayer that this podcast has been a blessing to you. Stay safe out there. And remember, Jesus loves you no matter what you're going through. And until next time, hang in there.